Hello, good afternoon, Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RV Oppenheim Associates. Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast and video series where we normally talk about digital marketing tactics and strategies to help grow your business. But today, uh, we're going to interrupt that uh, topic. Uh, it's somewhat related. We're going to talk about maximizing cash flow projections and navigating the volatile waters of the federal and local small business opportunities. There are federal dollars, programs, incentives, local loans, all kinds of stuff. Uh, a, a lot of things that I have no idea about, but my guest today really has been, uh, you know, swimming against the current, have, have, has thrown out lifelines, has, has, has drowned to the bottom and come back up for air. Um, you know, all the things that you can think about, maybe some of you listening or watching on Facebook Live, um, you know, are struggling with what do we do? Katie Lilyfield, uh, sorry, Katie Lilly from Lilyfield Accounting Solutions. Thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Absolutely. And I have to tell you, I appreciate you inviting me because it gave me an opportunity to take a shower and put some makeup on, which I don't think I've done in two weeks. <laughs> right, right. Just like a lot of other Americans uh, and small business owners, you're you're working from home. You're staying safe at home. I know, uh, you know, your your assistants there sometimes pop in in the background, do funny little dances and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, that's the world we live in right now. Um, well, let's jump right into this because I think it's important. Um, I know you have been working with a lot of small businesses, including our own agency, in helping us navigate these waters. Let's start off at the federal level um, and, and let's talk about some of these things, um, you know, PPP and, you know, I don't even know what all the acronyms mean, but let, why don't you give us kind of an overview and let's dive in. So uh, there's two main opportunities with the Fed, with the Fed uh, through the CARES Act, and the two are the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, which uh, the acronym is EIDL, so you'll hear people call it the EDL, and then there's the Payroll Protection Program, which uh, people are referring to as the PPP. So I'm going to start with the EDL first. Because uh, that was the one that kind of opened up last week. And this particular program, you actually have to apply through the SBA's website. So they've got an application. You click apply here. And, um, and it's a, it takes maybe 10 minutes to do the application. And then at the end, you'll get an application number. And then it just kind of goes off into the ethers. Um, the allure of this particular want, uh, program is this, this money is available for working capital. So you can use it for payroll, but you can use it for all types of other business expenses. It's not just for that. And, uh, the first 10,000 that they, um, that they give you is considered a loan advance. Um, it's considered a $10,000 grant that, uh, does not have to be paid back. So let's say your application goes through and based on your total revenues and total expenses, the SBA approves 30, a $30,000 $30, EDL loan. 
the first ten thousand is ta- is does is not considered part of the loan. It's it's money that's been granted to your business, and then the remaining twenty becomes a small business loan payable over thirty years, and you can use that twenty thousand for anything in your business. So you can use that for your rent, your insurance, your contractors, everything that's not that's not payroll related, or you can use it for payroll. You just that's what you can use. And the interest rate is 3.75% uh, over, like I said, up to 30 years. Um, <clears throat> so, so we've been pushing this one on, on almost all our clients that are willing to do that. It's a way better deal than trying to front all your expenses on your credit card at 27%, 15%, 10%. This is going to be a better opportunity for you. Now, the website says once that application's been approved by the SBA, that ten thousand will be direct deposited into your account within three business days. And from what I can tell, I don't personally have any clients yet that have received the funding. But what from what I can tell online, um, an SBA loan officer once they get to your application, will will either call or email you for further information or to confirm your bank account numbers. Um, and so what I'm telling all my clients is be sure to answer that phone. If you're like me and you get a phone call and it's some odd number and your phone's screaming potential spam, you need to make sure you answer that phone because it could be that FBA loan officer that's working your application at that moment. And you have to think about it. I mean, think about all those loan officers of the SBA right now. You know, they, they come into work and they've got 50 loan applications to process. And if they get to yours and they need information and they can't get in touch with you, guess where your application's going? You know, they're going to put you off to the side and move on to the next one. So um, just make sure you're checking your junk mail um, to see if, if perhaps they've emailed you and making sure you're answering the phone on that. So, um, so that's the EDL. I think. Do you have any questions? And I'm sure if you have questions, our our listeners have questions. Yeah. Well, I think the context that I want to make sure, like for for our agency, and and you've helped us kind of walk through some of these choices. I think it's important for us to note. You know, my business, our agency, is a service based business. We provide services to our clients. So the context of what you're sharing is is from a reference point that you're working with small businesses that are service-based businesses only. Is that correct? That's correct. But I'm glad you brought that up too, because this particular, the EO loan is also available to nonprofits. And we do have a, a handful of nonprofit clients as well. And they can qualify for this particular funding program. And their interest rate is only 2.75% uh, if they qualify. So um, definitely just a good opportunity, a good place to try to get some funding that's not going to kill you uh, by throwing everything on your credit cards, trying to keep everything alive. Um, but like I said, not seeing a whole lot of movement on it. You can go on Twitter and you'll see it. I think the Twitter handle hashtag Edel Hopes is trending right now because just the money is not getting released in any type of um, systematic way at this point. Um, but it's, it's still an option and the application is still available. 
Uh, and for those of you who are watching the video, I've got a quick uh, screen share up right now so that you can see uh, how to contact Lilyfield Accounting Solutions, their website, lilyfieldsolutions.com. It's got their phone number and their contact form so you can uh, quickly reach them. If you are watching on Facebook Live and you have a question, please ask that. Even if we don't get to it in today's show, I will definitely send uh, your contact information to Katie so that she can uh, follow up with you. Katie, is there anything? Let's go ahead and jump into the, I guess, the PPP right now. Are you now a PPP? Oh, Lord. All my kids have heard me talk about it, the PPP. I just come out of my, I'll come out of my sunroom just like, oh, the PPP, and they have no idea what I'm talking about. Okay, so the PPP is the Payroll Protection Program. Again, offered through the CARES Act, but this particular loan has to go through your banker, and you want to get in with the bank that you bank with. So we, so there were several banks um, earlier last week, uh, trying, you know, sending out emails, get you get this money, but you want to try to, it's going to be an easier process for you if you stick with the bank you have, because there's going to be less verification that you have to do. So that's my first recommendation. Um, so there, uh, when you reach out to your banker, they're going to send you the application. Super easy application, two pages long, and basically what it is is you are looking at your 2019 numbers uh, to come up with your average payroll. So you're going to take, you're going to pull your profit and loss statement for 2019. You're going to pull total payroll expenses, total health insurance expenses, and then if your company offers a retirement match, if they do any matching, you can also add that too. So you would add up that entire amount. So let's say that your payroll ends up being $200,000. Um, you're then going to divide that by 12 to come up with your average monthly. And then the loan amount that you can apply for is two and a half times that amount. So that uh, you're going to get two and a half times that. So I think if I run, let me, let me run the numbers really quick here because I can't do math in my head, Michael. My That's okay. I can't do math on my fingers. Thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So $200,000 uh, in payroll expenses divided by 12 months is $16,656. So that's your average payroll. Then you multiply that by 2.5. And so then the loan request that you would be making with your bank under the PPP would be $41,666. Okay. So then if you get approved by the bank, that's the money that you're going to receive. Then if you, over the next eight-week period, so let's say you get it tomorrow, which would be a miracle. Let's say you get the $41,667 in your bank account tomorrow. You have eight weeks to spend that money on payroll, rent, or utilities. And if you do, um, that loan will be forgiven. If it's not, then the portion you used for it will be forgiven and the difference rolls over into a loan. Now, of that $41,667 loan, 75% of it must be used for payroll. So you can't use that entire amount just to pay the landlord. Um, they're not going to forgive that entire amount. 
So 75% of that has to be payroll, and then the remaining 25% can go towards um, rent and utilities. Uh, they also, I think there's a stipulation that you're, you're supposed to keep as many employees on as you can. So you can't get the money and then fire everybody and keep the money um, is what they're trying to keep you from doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that so that's the PDP and why so many people are, are talking about it because basically if you use the money correctly, that money will be that lo- that loan will be forgiven by the end of the year. Now, um, it's a, it's this one's challenging in a different way uh, in that. Every single bank is requiring different information. Um, with our clients, we have clients that have applied to this at nine different banks here in Tallahassee, and all nine are requiring different information. Mm-hmm. Some some requiring tax returns, some not. Some requiring um, 941s, W2s. There's just a, a myriad of things that the banks are asking for. You want to make sure that you can get your hands on that and that your bookkeepers you know, current and up to date and has everything reconciled so that you can shoot off all that information to the banker. Because again, the banker is sitting there with a stack of loan applications, working through them. And if they come up with something where they're waiting on you to send that, that report, it could delay the process. So um, unfortunately, getting these federal funds is a first come, first come, first served basis. So there's been quite a feeding frenzy, if you will, over the last five or six days. Um, uh, it seems that there's kind of a calm right now because everything's in the loan handler's hands. Uh, so we're kind of in wait and see mode. So I have at least 15 to 20 clients that have applied for PPP and uh, found out last night that one of them has been approved. Uh, just has not received the, the funds yet, but his loan was approved. So that is good mo- good news that that money is actually starting to move. So. Yeah. Do you have questions about the PPP? No, I, I think you really nailed it on the head. And you can kind of see as you're talking through, um, you know, and, and how they've structured the, um, you know, program. It, it really is designed to... Um, help offset what we've already seen just in the state of Florida with, you know, job uh, unemployment claims, you know, in just this short amount of time, you know, two to three weeks, uh, you know, we've already exceeded what unemployment claims were for the entire year of 2019. So I know that the feds obviously with this program are, are, this is a, proactive for letter for for you know lack of better terms here you know trying to address that for for small businesses so yeah i think uh i think it's great again if you're trying to figure out if 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 you if you have just buried your head in the sand amidst the negativity and anxiety and overwhelmingness and your bookkeeper has just gone to sleep for the last two years you haven't filed your taxes you're in a hot mess um good luck no just kidding um you really should reach out to uh to lilyfield accounting solutions because they literally are the lifeboat and the the life preserver for our agency for many other organizations and businesses um <clears throat> katie let's talk about locally here in the tallahassee area 
what what are what are businesses? What should small businesses be thinking about or looking at? So uh, locally, there's a state of Florida disaster loan uh, that you can apply to. This is called, um, and that's through the state of Florida, where you uh, apply directly there. And that one's referred to as the bridge loan. So it would be small business uh, disaster bridge loan, I believe is the name of that. And that's a traditional loan, uh, low interest rate. Um, so there's no, no forgiveness involved with that, no granted money. So that's why we're kind of asking our clients to try to go after the federal money because they do get that, uh, that reprieve or that forgiveness. Um, and then kind of after that, then we'll look at, you know, what the state of Florida is doing in, in terms of uh, uh, their bridge loan. Uh, locally, there was an emergency grant that went out um, from the city of Tallahassee early in the process. Um, utility, the utility company is pushing back their um, utility bills. There's uh, different banks are, are postponing mortgage payments. So you just want to just kind of look at your, you know, different things that you might be able to reach out to the vendors and, and find out, you know, how you can get through this. Because really, every single person is going through this. This is so different than like a recession where it's only hitting certain segments or, and, and this is just affecting everyone in, from the top down. Um, and I just feel like, Michael, I feel like you and I, I mean, we're on the front lines here, you know? Yeah. I, I told my team, my team really feels, I said, you guys are helping to keep Main Street America going while homeschooling your kids. You guys are rock stars, mm, you yeah. know? So um, just keep that in mind that people are here to listen and, and help. You, you helped me when I was at my darkest hour. <laughs> You know, one of the other things that I think is is people need to be aware of, um, and this is really kind of the only comment that I'll make about, you know, that's sort of related to digital and, and marketing. Um, one of the things that, that we've been watching over the last two years is ADA web compliance. And one of the, the triggers that, um, you know, uh, lawsuits uh, that have been brought against companies. Um, one of the markers is, do you receive federal funding? And if you do, then on your website, do you provide equal visibility and access to the content on your website for persons with a disability? Um, there is now going to be, if you do receive this federal money, you may have flown under the radar when it comes to ADA compliance, but I think in 2021, we're going to see, unfortunately, a backlash of more lawsuits. I mean, 2019, there was like 181% increase in ADA web compliance lawsuits that were brought against uh, businesses, but those were like public places that gave access to persons with disabilities their websites did not offer access to this information. So unfortunately, one of the ripple effects of, of receiving these federal dollars is you need to also, in the back of your mind, think, okay, in before 2021 gets here, can I make sure that my website is ADA compliant? So uh, again, we've got all kinds of content and articles and podcasts about that. 
Um, but I do want to bring that up because I think that's important for people and businesses to recognize that as you receive these federal dollars, you are going to open yourself to a new level of scrutiny that you've not been, that you, you didn't have to deal with before. So, um, all right. So that's local. Um, let's talk about cash flow. Um, I know that was one of the things that we really enjoyed working with you. You sat down with our leadership team and ownership and we did a whole forecast and, and I want you to paint a picture for that because I think that a lot of small businesses, you know, kind of operate by the seat of their pants. It's a small business and they, you know, they, they don't have the time because they're so busy doing the business that they don't have time to work on the business. And I think cash flow projections and, and what your team has come up with is really fundamental, fundamentally uh, a foundational strength that every small business should do. So let's let's spend a few minutes talking about that. Okay. So uh, what we did for you and several other clients is we created a spreadsheet, basically taking the cash as of the day we created the spreadsheet and added in all expected revenue and then subtracted out monthly expenses. And I did it a couple different ways. For, for you guys, since you have a bi-monthly payroll, we did your cash flow in two-week, two uh, or yeah, 15-day chunks. Um, so we wanted to make sure at the end of the 15th, we could make payroll. At the end of the 30th, we could make payroll. Another client, he does, he does it monthly. So we just did by the month. And what you want to do is, is look at what your average monthly revenues are. And what I did, um, since you and this other client I did this for were very different, for, for you guys, we, we looked at every single possible revenue that was coming in and then asked ourselves, do we think we're going to get this money? And, um, and then kind of filtered out the ones we, that were questionable. We actually did an A, B, or a C. A meaning, yes, we'll absolutely get this money. Maybe it's an association or a government agency and it's already been funded, so there's no worries there. B, it's questionable, we might get that money, or C, I'm doubtful, right? So it's a, something related to vacations or tourism or restaurants, probably not going to get that money anytime soon. So um, the way I calculated revenue for a different client, and he is on um, kind of a monthly generating revenue um, for services they provide. So what we did for him is we looked at his average collections, and he normally averages about 95% collection. So what we did is we looked at his average billing, and then we created the spreadsheet um, so that it would calculate different percentages. So we would have, we dropped his cash flow projection down to 75% of his billings he thinks he'll bring in. And then as we watch it over the next couple of weeks, we can fine tune that and we can say, no, it, it's like 50%. Then we can drop that number to 50% and then see, you know, what, what bills we can actually pay. So there's different ways to do it. It's just going to be based on how your revenue comes in, whether it's big retainer type clients or kind of a recurring service um, income model. But you want to be super conservative on the money coming in. Okay. Um, and then on the flip side, you're going to look at your total expenses and you want to be, you kind of want to over 
estimate those. So that's going to give you the most conservative cash flow um, to just in preparation of worst case scenario. So you're going to just basically take uh, your biggest expenses and work your way down from, you know, what you as a business owner believe the most important expenses and then work it down. So for most clients, it's going to be payroll, health insurance, um, and then, and then they'll go from there. Maybe suppliers, maybe contractors. Um, it just, it just, that, that portion just depends on your particular business. And then, um, and then based on that, you'll see, so you'll have your total cash, your total expected revenue, your total expected expenses is going to give you a cash number at the bottom. And if it's negative, then you've got decisions you've got to make. Okay. So then you go back up and you say, okay, which of these expenses could I get forgiveness on? Can I push off? Can I put on the credit card? Can I um, do 30 days when I normally pay upon receipt? Um, And so if you don't know that bottom number and you're just stroking checks as the money comes in, you could get in a lot of trouble. You'd also get really, really panicked about needing to fire all your clients. So I had one client that, you know, two weeks ago, he was going to fire all his clients. And, or I'm sorry, he's going to fire all his employees. And I was like, well, they're way too early in the game for that. Hmm. Um, and I know when we did y'all's cash flow, um, it, it was fantastic to see that, yes, we're going to be able to get through this. You know, it, just knowing. I mean, we were just, it was like we shined a light on every every dollar that's going to come in and every potential dollar that's going to go out. And it was just so comforting to know we're going to make it. Um, and so I, I just really encourage everyone to, to create something like that. Um, I'm going to do my best to try to get kind of like a template up on our website of, of maybe what some other clients have done and what's worked for them. Um, but I think it will bring peace of mind um, as to where you're going to be and potentially where you may run out of money. You know, at what point are you going to run out of money? At what point am I going to have to make the really hard decisions? And maybe that day doesn't come. But it's way, in my opinion, way more comforting to just know than just be in the dark. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point, Katie, because, you know, no matter where you are, whether you're in Florida or New York or California or in Texas, um, you know, the the curve that everyone is trying to flatten, um, you know, it's going to extend the ripple effect of, of businesses and revenue, you know, easily through the end of, you know, 2020 and even into the first quarter of 2021. So, you know, having a, you cannot continue to run your small business by the seat of your pants and, and you know, the, the way you've balanced your personal checkbook over the last decade, you know, it, it's not going to work. And, and I am so incredibly grateful for the lessons that you've taught us as an agency uh, and, and to be responsible not only for the business, for, but for our employees, because you're right. It felt really good and, and, and gave us great confidence to, you know, be able to, to you know, look our people in the face and say, you know, we're going to make it through this and we're not going to put the company at risk. Um, and and it's, it's a really good feeling. So 
you know, that was really the driving reason why I wanted to have you on the show is for you to be able to share that because you're right. And, and what you said to your team was right. You are literally, um, you know, saving other people's businesses. You are the lifeline. So um, uh, we're going to wrap up here just with a, a close, closing thought, Katie. What, what, what one thing can you just reemphasize about this process? Uh, you're going to have to dig deep into your, uh, some skills of resilience and flexibility. That's what we're teaching at home here. We've got a big poster out in the hallway of all the different skill sets we're learning through this process. And right now I would say resilience and, um, uh, compassion and kindness and, uh, flexibility and hope. I like hope. You bet. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you found this episode extremely uh, encouraging that there is a way to navigate uh, the federal and local small business opportunities. Katie, thanks again for being on the show. Again, my name is Michael Wynn. I am the Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. I hope you'll tune in to our next episode. Have a great day.